Well, greetings to all of our family and friends. This is the senior pastor of This Rock International, Apostle Nathaniel Leon. I'm excited to welcome you to our Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. We're praying that the word of the Lord would minister to you in a tremendous and a mighty way. So I'm glad you're with us. We want to welcome all of our friends and family joining us from different locations around the world. We pray grace and peace in the name of the Lord. We believe that God is going to speak tremendously and expressly this morning, this afternoon. Uh, it indeed is a mighty time and a great opportunity in the kingdom of God to be moving forward. So we're glad you're here, wherever you're joining in from. Just I'm going to ask you to uh, let us know where you're watching from, whether you're watching on Facebook or on YouTube live. We pray the blessing of the Lord over that broadcast. Do the work of the evangelist and share the broadcast, whether you're watching us on Charisma Podcast Network, Grace and Peace on the recording, the playback. But there also is a share button if you've been impacted by the message. Uh, go ahead and share that that podcast, and we're praying that God would be glorified in everything we do today. So uh, welcome all you joining in. Blessings to you that are coming. Thank you for watching. We're praying that God's word would go forth today uninhibited and without restriction. Uh, it is a of course, a rainy day here in Southern California, and uh, we're praying grace and protection over the roads. All of you traveling on the road back and forth, we pray God's hand of protection and grace be over you and over your household. So we're going to prepare in just a minute to start with a word of prayer. Uh, so good to see all of you joining in, Sister Mary, Ski, Sister Melissa, Sister Eunice, Sister uh, Diana, welcome, welcome. Flores, Sister Melissa, welcome again. Uh, I'm going to ask you if you would to do that work of the evangelist. What is the work of the evangelist? And that is to share the good news of Jesus. I'm going to ask you to hit that share button. I'm about to do that. And we're going to pray that God's uh, grace and God's word uh, would go forth without uh, without opposition, without hindrance, but also in effectiveness and in power. So we're praying over that. We're asking that his word uh, would just minister to us in a great way and that we would hear from him and move into great positions of of just direction, revelation, and insight. So wherever you're joining us, just let us know where you're watching from. And we're going to pray that blessing over you and over your household. And we're going to get straight to the word of the Lord. So let's start with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we come before you now and we invite your presence on this broadcast. We pray according to your word that we would hear from you that which is good and whole and true. Speak to our hearts and minister to our spirits uh, from your presence, God. Open up the eyes and ears, the eyes of our understanding and the ears to discern what thus says the Lord. I pray that you would increase and that we would decrease, that as we share your word, give us wisdom, give us revelation, give us knowledge, give us counsel. I pray now that the spirit of the Lord would come and bring the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of knowledge, the spirit of understanding, the counsel and might of God, the spirit of revelation, and the fear of the Lord. Let that spirit come upon us and transform us into deeper dimensions of your glory and of your power. We pray this grace according to your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. If you agree, say amen. So we're glad you're with us. Welcome to the Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast. Uh, there was so much happening in the world around us. And as we're getting ready to go into the word of the Lord, I want to encourage you to be prayerful of the things around you. Um, it is very popular at the moment to become 
almost like news outlets um, from a Christian perspective. That's an important thing to do. But I want to pray that the kingdom perspective in the day-to-day news, in order to become relevant, I believe the relevancy of us must be first spiritual. And then I believe it moves into natural uh, earthly influence. The Bible puts it this way, that Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature in favor with God and with favor with men. That's found in the book of Luke chapter two. Again, I'm going to read that to you. It's imperative that we grow, uh, number one, in the wisdom of God. Uh, we grow in the in the favor of the Lord. And then we also grow in the stature. I've taught this for years that in order Luke 2.52, it says Jesus increased in wisdom and in stature. So the measure of your wisdom wisdom determines the height or the, 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 the depth, the width of your spiritual man. So you're seeing on the television, you're seeing on the screen a physical body, but that's not me. That's the outer me. The inner me is on the inside. That's the spirit eternal man. And that outer me represents the inner me. But I want to tell you the spirit man, I'm a spirit first. Before you were ever physical, you were spiritual. And so Jesus increased in wisdom, which gave him a, 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 a higher statue. The word statue is height, how tall he was in the spirit. But as he grew in wisdom, and this gives me comfort to know Jesus was growing. He didn't have all the answers. He was tempted in all manners uh, as we are yet without sin. And he was in process. But the scripture says he grew in wisdom and in stature. And as his wisdom grew, his height spiritually grew. And then as his spiritual height grew, then his favor grew. The favor of God, the the favor uh, that produces things that money cannot produce, the favor that causes a response. And uh, that word favor, that word favor is the word charis, which means the grace upon him. He grew in grace. He grew in the delight. He grew in esteem. Sometimes favor will get you what money cannot get you. Favor will move you into positions you couldn't earn or you couldn't work for. It's called the favor of the Lord. But as favor increased, verse 52, the Bible says he increased with favor, uh, with wisdom and stature, favor with God, and then favor with man. I want to encourage you, uh, seasons of favor are getting ready to come. But my prayer for you and my prayer for me is that we would increase with God's favor and then with man's favor. We've seen it time and time again that men and women of God grow in favor with men and lose connection to God. The morality, the convictions, uh, the spirit changes. It's like there's an elevation and something lifts off of the worshiper. Something lifts off of the preacher. And now everything begins to change because self begins to be exalted. But I want to encourage you that God is going to increase you with favor with God and then favor with man. I want to encourage you. That's not the word of the Lord. I'm just encouraging you. That is the mind of God. Amen. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 8. We're going to go to verse number 21. This is our key verse for this podcast, I want to encourage you, God is in the blessing business. And the blessing is not just physical, though it is. It is a spiritual blessing that unlocks earthly uh, regions and realms. Here's what the scripture says, Romans 8, 21. It says, the creation itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Let me reiterate this. And this is the focus of this podcast. 
The only hope for America, the only hope for South Africa, the only hope for London, the only hope for Nigeria, the only hope for Europe, the only hope for Asia and uh, South America is the children of God that are filled with the Holy Ghost, the presence of Jesus inside of his men and women of God. There is no other hope in the earth today. I don't have bad news. I've got good news. Though you see the decay of of systems around us, governmental systems are, are, are struggling. The 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 the, the uh, protesting and the rioting is already beginning. You're watching that in Paris. Those that have seen what's happening in Paris, France, the 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 the, the protesting and the and the marching and the contention. This is nothing new to us. This is what the Bible says, according to Matthew chapter 24 uh, and verse number four. We'll start there. It says that we've got to be careful for that spirit of deception. He says, be careful because one of the things the enemy wants to do is bring deception to the people of God. Do not be deceived. Now, how, how can we say that one of the things the enemy did to, uh, to bring division between God's man and God himself is he took the wrong information. The devil twisted the word and say, did God really say you couldn't eat? And the Bible says he convinced uh, the wife of Adam uh, the woman of God, the woman, and she gave it to her husband and he ate. And now the Bible says there was a division. When the voice of God came, there was no longer confidence. When the presence came in the garden, there was a fear. So the Bible says that we must take heed. We must be on, on guard. We must have a prayer life. Now, it's nothing wrong with listening to men of God, but you've got to judge their fruits. Don't only judge their gifts. You've got to judge their fruits. Fruits are character, integrity, longevity, consistency. Uh, watch the, the consistently of the thread of their life. The Bible says that, uh, uh, that we are, must be deceived, that we're not deceived. Verse 25, the scripture tells us, For many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So there will be many that come in his name, either claiming to be the Christ or claiming to represent Christ. That is both those analogies and don't have any knowledge of God. The Bible tells us that there'll be many in the last day that say, Lord, Lord, and they never knew him. He used them. They healed the sick. They cast out demons. Let me remind you, not everyone that's claiming to cast out demons has relationship with the Lord. Be very careful. Let me also encourage you that everyone that says, Lord, Lord, is serving. Not everyone that, that does miracles in the name of the Lord. What is the, fr what is the fruit of the walk with God? What is the consistency of the voice of the Lord? How can we not be deceived? The only way we remain deceived not uh, in, in a spirit of confidence is if we're walking in the knowledge and intimacy of a personal revelation with the Lord and confirmed authority over your life. Keep reading. Here's what the scripture says. Verse 26, that there. There shall come wars and rumors of wars. Read verse 7. We're going to go back to 6 in a minute. I, I said there will be wars and rumors of wars. Now, wars is a spirit of contention. There will rise nation against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines. There will be pestilence. There will be earthquakes in different kinds of places. Go back to 6. It says that also you'll hear of the spirit of war, but also the rumor contention. There will be friction. There will be 
one group against another, one uh, nation against another, one belief against another. All this must come to pass, but see that you are not troubled because the end is not yet. I want to encourage you to put your trust in the Lord, that the things around us happening, whether they are wars, whether they are famines, famine is lack, shortages, whether they are pestilence, which is plagues. The Bible, there are something called plagues in the Bible. Do not be deceived what the natural report of a plague is. It's not a virus. It's not a sale. It's not. It's not a uh, a fungus. It's not a. It's not a, you know that picture of a of an invisible thing with the red dots coming out like a little sponge. It, it is a spirit. This spirit has laws, and the Bible tells us how we are to be immune from the pestilence that is coming upon the earth in the last day. That is global outbreaks of sick, sickness, pandemics, pandemics, diseases, infirmities. These things are in the word. The Bible says, don't you be afraid. There will be earthquakes in places that are not normally earthquakes. There'll be tornadoes in places that are not normally tornadoes. There'll be shifting in, in things around us. When you hear these things, do not be troubled. Now, these are a sign. Go back to Romans 8.21. The Bible says creation is in need of deliverance. Now, deliverance is wonderful. Praise God that demons are cast out. But do not let the driving out of demons be our focal point. The Bible tells us that the 70 returned and rejoiced. They were, they were happy that demons were subject in his name. Jesus corrected them and said, look, it's wonderful that demons are subject, but don't rejoice that demons are, are subject. But he said, I, here's what I need you to do. I need you to rejoice that your name is written in heaven. Now, make, make it clear. Devils should obey. If you got light in you, if you are a man or woman of God, demons have to obey. They must go out. Healing must come. Provision must come. But here is the fallacy that happens in the last day when we become imbalanced. So prosperity is not bad. But when you overemphasize prosperity over purity, righteousness, integrity, you lose what's called the full counsel of God. So if I only preach prosperity, it is an imbalance in the ministry. And people call that the prosperity gospel. Yes, God wants you to prosper. And yes, you must teach about economics. But if you're going to be balanced, you shouldn't just teach about money, 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 because you become imbalanced. So therefore, there is a, a, a criticism. Even the world notices something wrong when you're always talking about money, always talking about giving, always talking about, uh, uh, always talking about sowing a seed. Your message shouldn't always be money driven. There is an imbalance. Your message shouldn't always be miracle driven. Miracle. The Bible says a wicked and a perverse generation seeks signs. So there's nothing wrong with miracles and signs, but we shouldn't chase signs and wonders. We should chase the God of signs and wonders. That's a healthy thing for God wants miracles. He wants chains to be broken. But the key to seeing a sustaining of financial breakthrough, of miracles, of healing, of deliverance, of salvation. Salvation is one of the primary functions to see people brought into the kingdom of God. But my goal not only is to see the lost saved, which should be a primary goal, a primary goal, a, a primary or a fundamental goal should be I'm after the lost. I want to see them call upon the name of the Lord, be born again, filled with the Holy Ghost, regenerated and join the kingdom of God. But them just being born is where the church has erred. 
get them into the kingdom. And what do we do them? Just stay saved. Just stay safe. No, no, no. You move from salvation to to process and growth. And I heard this. The church becomes a hospital to save. Amen. Then it becomes a family to unify. Amen. Then it becomes an army to equip us to go do battle. Amen. And we move forth. That's called the whole counsel of God. When you overemphasize deliverance, only deliverance, there's no messages beyond that. It is an imbalance. There's got to be a balance. That doesn't mean that people won't have things that they, they are graced more to bring forward, but you've got to have a balance in the kingdom of God to be, to be a, 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 a tree that is bearing fruit. So the scripture tells us, uh, we were back, uh, that creation must be delivered. The greatest deliverance is not personal deliverance. It is na- national, regional, and territorial. I am being delivered and healed and made well so I can deliver a nation. When God looked at a man and he saw Abraham, he said, Abraham, I don't see you. I see nations inside of you. When God looks at you, he sees nations. He sees seeds, uh, which represent sand and stars. Look at Romans 8, 21. The creation itself shall be delivered. Creation must be delivered. Your neighborhood needs to be delivered. Your city needs to be delivered. Your community needs to be delivered. Yes, personal deliverance is vital. It must happen. But the greatest deliverance is regional, territorial, citywide, nationwide, uh, global deliverance. God wants to deliver all of creation. Because all of creation, according to the book of Romans chapter 8, go back to verse 19, it is groaning and travailing. Verse 19, for the earnest expectation waits for the son of God, for the sons of God. So the, everything created is eagerly waiting the manifestation of the sons of God. Actually jump down to, if you would jump down to verse number 22, here's what it says. It says, for we know that creation is groaning and is travailing. So let me make this clear to you. The world around you and I is under a curse and a groan and a sigh until the sons and daughters of God get there. How do you apply that biblically? Until Moses shows up, bondage and slavery remain in in place. A spirit of bondage and slavery has come to bring the church into a place of slavery. And Moses is risen by the spirit of God to set the people of God free in his generation that they may go out and worship until Babylon get until Babylon sees Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. There is no hope for Babylon and the world until, until the palace uh, welcomes Esther. There's no hope for the people of God. Are you hearing me? When God will change a world, he raises a man or woman of God as a seed in order for there to be freedom from uh from the the, the enemies of uh the the, the uh, all the ites the parasites the jebusites the the, the 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 hittites all the ites god needs to raise up a joshua see gideon has been tasked to remove the spirit of strife that is taking from his land they are being aff- uh, afflicted and oppressed and god raises up a man god is still looking for a man or a woman so creation itself verse 22 is groaning and it is travailing. It is in pain. Now that word travail is labor. So everything created is in labor right now. I need you to see that picture. If you've ever been in, in a labor and delivery room, it is not pretty. 
It is painful. It is, it is contractions. And the closer you get to delivery, the stronger the contractions get and the more frequent, frequently they come. And they time the distance between contractions. They say, tell me how uh, the contractions are still 10 minutes apart, 15 minutes apart. Then they're eight minutes apart. Then they're five minutes. Then they're three minutes apart. Then they, now they, now the closer it, it is to birthing, they get more frequent and they get more intense. The earth around us is, is, is in contraction mode. And these waves of, of famines and these waves of, of wars and these waves of pestilence and these waves uh, of confusion and these waves of, of destruction in high places is because the wrong men and women are in leadership. I'm going to say this to you again. Until God's men and women get in authority, a curse is on the ground. I'm going to repeat this to you. When Adam took the wrong knowledge... He cursed his mind, his thoughts, his identity, and he was removed from legal authority over the planet, and it was transferred by disobedient to what we know as the prince of the power of the air. And so this is the redemption process. Look at uh, Romans 8.21. Creation itself must be delivered from the bondage of corruption into glorious liberty of the children of God. There's only one hope for America. There's only one hope for California. There's only one hope for Florida. There's only one hope for Atlanta. There's only one hope for uh, South Africa. There's only one hope for uh, Zimbabwe. There's only one hope for Europe. There's only one hope for London. And it is the presence of God and the power of God on mature sons and daughters of God that God puts into positions of authority. Everything created is waiting. Look at verse 19 for the earnest expectation, which means there's an eager anticipation. There is a hunger and a passion. I don't know if you've ever been very, very hungry coming off of a fast two days, three days, seven days, 10 days, and your body is groaning, your, your hunger and your thirst. And now there's an anticipation that now you're, you're, you're grateful that you could seek the Lord, but your body is ready to turn. And now you're getting ready to eat and you're very hungry and you're at the table and you can't wait for them to bring the food. You can't wait for them to bring the water. Now the Bible says creation is in that eager anticipation and it's longing and it's, and it's craving. What is it craving? The unveiling of the weoses of God. The weos there, sons are mature sons, sons and daughters of God that have gone through development and process and now are ready to be presented. The solution to nations is the sons and daughters of God. Let me read to you Proverbs 29 verse 2. When the righteous are in authority, when the righteous are leading, the people rejoice, the nations rejoice, creation rejoices. When the righteous get in position and we say, well, what good, what does this have to do with anything? Wherever you are in the world around you, God wants to invade territories and lands. When the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when the wicked bear rule, the people groan and they moan. Are you hearing me? There is a sign. When the, the wicked are in authority, there was a curse on the ground. That word is sigh. The word mourn is not just grieve. It means to sigh and to cry from oppression. And this is what took place for 430 years. Israel was under the oppression of the Egyptian spirit. 
and they groaned and they sighed and they cried because of the affliction of the spirit of Egypt. And that's what's in position now. That there are leadership, and it, the Bible speaks it, corruption that's producing bondage. But let me let me read this to you. The scripture tells us that God, uh, Romans 8, 3, 21, let's read this again. It says that, uh, Romans 8, 21, that the, the creature itself shall be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. Creation has a self. I've said it before. I'm going to repeat it to you again. Creation has a being. The Bible says that trees can clap, mountains can sing. The Bible says rocks can cry out. There are waves of, of sound in all atoms, in all protons, in all neutrons, in everything existed that exists, there are sound waves in it. Everything exists makes a sound. It's, it's a frequency in the spirit. And when the sons and daughters of God are not in position, there is a groan. There was a cry. I've used this analogy before. The Bible says at 30 years old, Jesus had to be processed into destiny. At 12, he, he wanted to go before his time. Jesus wanted to skip some of the pri the process, which, which teenagers normally do. He's going from 12 to 13, and at that stage, you're called technon, the five stages of sonship. There are five of them that we move through. Then when you graduate from sonship, you move into fatherhood. This is not an easy thing to do. We've got to grow in the spirit. Nephos is again, zero to two, zero to two years old in the spirit. They are called babes in the Bible that were babies without articulation. We cannot articulate God's mind and God's thoughts. We can't speak words. Then from two all the way to 12, you move into what is called little children or adolescence. You're in an adult. Now that's where imitation is easy. That's where imitation is natural. That's at three and four, at five years old, the, 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 little, the little boy, the little girl puts on the hat of the dad and puts on the coat and tries to mimic dad. You're there shaving and they're pretending to shave. Uh, you, the, the, the little girl puts on the high heels and the pearl necklace of the mom and dad. See, that's the only way into the kingdom. When God wants to take you to the next days, he tells us to be converted and like little children. That is the word adolescence. But sometimes we grow into teenage years and God says, in order to go forward, you've got to go backwards. We can grow into this next stage. And now in order to go forward, we disregard the way into the next season. And the way into the next season, whether you're uh, 30 years in the kingdom or three years in the kingdom, it's going back and being teachable, humble, pliable learners and he said unless you're converted and you become like little children adolescents you cannot see the kingdom that the third stage is the word technon that starts from 13 12 or 13 all the way through your 20s that is the teenage uh, identity searching years and at those years at that developmental stage you now are coming into your your anointing coming into your young man and young woman in the spirit the bible calls them youth First John 2, 12 says, I write to you youth because you've overcome. You're coming into youth, but here is the problem. At a youth stage, we are developing identity and growing in who we are. We're leaving childhood and now we're changing. But here is the problem. Jesus at 12 years old, according to Luke chapter two, right about verse 40, the Bible says Jesus was 12 and he, he wanted to leave the process before, before time. He didn't sin. But the Bible says around Luke 2, 
verse number 40. That's that's good there. It says, and the child grew, right? The, the scripture says, the child grew and waxed strong in the spirit with wisdom and the grace was upon him. I want to encourage you. It's time to go. Hold that verse a second. I'm going to say it again. The child grew. It's time for us to grow. I was talking with somebody recently and we were praying verse 40. It says that Jesus began to grow. And this is encouraging because we all must grow. The word paid on that is now that's the word adolescent paid on child. He grew and he waxed strong and he was filled with wisdom and he was filled with grace. And the scripture says now when the parents of Jesus, 41, went every year to the feast of Passover and when the the child was uh, and when he was 12 years old, he went to Jerusalem. Now you leave Padon and move to Technon spiritually when you're leaving your your uh, adolescence and you're moving into teenage years. That's why they have what's called var mitzvah, which means the taking on of responsibility. In the Jewish culture, when you become a man, you are var mitzvah and you take on the nature and it's the, the putting on of responsibility. You're leaving childhood and you go from paid on adolescent to a young man or a young woman. The me- in, in Latino culture, they have called the quinceanera, that's at 15. In uh, in the American culture, they have the sweet 16, but there's not very many places where the men are affirmed to be young men. And this is what's missing in the culture. So at 12, Jesus, uh, he's growing in his grace. He's now, he's now increasing, but here's what the scripture says. And when the days of feast had been fulfilled, the child Jesus, again, the word paid on, tarried behind. And Joseph and his mother knew it not, but supposing him to be in the company. And they didn't find him. They turned back 45. And, it, and after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of doctors, both hearing them and asking questions. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answer. So Jesus was a prodigy. The spirit of God. Now you say, wow, that's wonderful. But how many know you carry the spirit of Jesus and there's wisdom, limitless wisdom, limitless knowledge. Verse 47. And all that heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. Why? Because the spirit of wisdom was on him. You can receive that spirit. Bible tells us James one verse five. If any of you lack wisdom, ask and it will be given to you. God will give it to you liberally. The Bible says at verse 48, and the parents of Jesus saw him and were amazed. And his mother said, son, son. Now he, now this word son is the Greek word technon, S-O-N, G-5043, technon, teenager, son. Why have you dealt with us this way? Behold, your father and I have sought you sorrowing. And he said to her, how is it that you sought me? Didn't you know I must be about my father's business? So what was his heavenly father's business? The ministry, the priesthood. What was his heavenly father's business? To preach and to teach and to heal the sick and to raise the dead. What was his earthly father's ministry? To, to build cabinets. Remember at 13, he was going to be var mitzvah. At 13, he was going to take on the trade of his earthly father, but he was a prodigy. But Jesus in the natural didn't want cabinets. He wanted the pulpit. But let me encourage you by the spirit. He submitted, the Bible says, verse number 50, and they understood not the same, but look at where Jesus did not sin. See, he didn't sin. Wanting to go before your time is not sin. That's natural. Wanting to spread your wings is natural. Wanting to feeling like where I'm at is too small for where I am. Well, feeling like I want to use my gifts before time. Feeling like I've got to get out. But here's what made Jesus sinless. 
The Bible says, and he went down with them to Nazareth and became submitted to them. Subject. Jesus, Jesus had to submit to mama, had to submit to his earthly authority. And because he became subject, verse 52, then he increased in wisdom and stature. And at 30 years old, the Bible says that, that now he comes walking 18 years later. He is developed. He is processed. He is, we don't know anything else that happened. There are no other texts. These are the dark ages of development. And you must go through dark ages of development. I must go through dark ages of development behind the scenes when no one is watching, when no one is looking, and you are growing in your nature and growing in your identity and groaning within yourself and developing. 18 is a multiple of 666. It's the number of man. He went through this process, this dying to self. But on the 30th day, on the 30th year, imagine, I often will think about Jesus at, at year 29, at year 28, at year 27. The last few years before his earthly ministry really begins to manifest. His development, his patience. We know Jesus learned how to wait because in John chapter 2, when his mother told him to, to, to work the miracle, he said, it's not my time, which means Jesus understood he, he himself couldn't initiate his time. His authority had to do that. Jesus understood, I can't, tell, I can't go and say my time is here. Even Jesus couldn't make his time. John had to affirm his time and his mother had to start his ministry. I'm just talking the word to you. In order for him to work his first miracle, his mother, who sat him down 18 years earlier, was the one who released him 18 years later into ministry. I'm talking about identity and seeing the miracles and signs. And when he was revealed, the Bible says, John baptized him, the heavens opened, and the spirit came on him, and he went into a wilderness to be tempted. But the proclamation was heard. The sun heard the proclamation. The moon heard the proclamation. The earth heard. The demons heard. The angels. This is my beloved son in who I'm well pleased. Everything in creation heard the word of a, of a weos, a fully mature son being presented to creation. This is the first and only ever picture of a fully developed son manifesting in the earth and the spirit coming on him that he had power over all flesh. In the Old Testament, there was wonderful references, but the spirit would come and then go. The spirit would come on Elijah and then go. It would come on Samson and then go. It would come on Isaiah and go. It could not remain. So this was the only place where we've ever seen the Holy Ghost come and remain. And everything in creation heard it. And for three and a half years, the Bible says that anything he said he had, when he spoke it, it came to pass. He spoke to oceans, oceans obeyed because oceans will obey God in us. That's the power. Jesus is not an example for us, but of us. He's not exampling for us, but he's exampling of us, what we look like. He said, what I do, you will do in greater. John 14, 12. He that believes the thing that I do, you will do in greater. The promise of God. And the Bible says he now begins to walk and move for three and a half years. And anything he says, he speaks to bread, bread obeys. He speaks to trees, tree obey. He speaks to limbs and legs and eye sockets, they obey. He speaks to devils, they obey. He's walking in the full counsel of God. Not just one. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Heal the brokenhearted. There must be a full counsel of God, not an imbalance. Be careful there. 
There must be a full counsel, but this balance of casting out devils, healing the sick, setting captives free, opening the eyes of the blind, healing the brokenhearted. He's moving in this for three and a half years. And then the Bible says, according to the scripture, Matthew chapter 28, the Bible tells us that Jesus was on the cross. And the Bible says that he gave up the ghost. The scripture says, Jesus, actually go back to Matthew 27, verse 50. The Bible says when Jesus gave up the ghost and he allowed himself to die. I want you to think about that. Jesus could not die unless he let himself die. No one took his life. The nails didn't take his life. The, the lashes didn't take his life. The, 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 the piercing in the side didn't take his life. He is life. So he let himself die. He was tied to the spirit. So he became sin. And the judgment of the world became on the first son of God, not the only. And the Bible says, verse 50, Jesus, when he cried again, verse 50, with a loud forth, he let his spirit leave. He yielded his spirit. He allowed himself to die because he is resurrection. The scripture says, and behold, the veil in the temple was rent in two from the top to the bottom and the earthquakes and the rocks tore and the graves were opened. Another place says the sun refused to shine. So what is taking place? Creation is revolting. Creation is, is protesting. The sun says, I'm not going to shine. The rocks start splitting in two. The earth starts trembling. Why? Because everything created needs sons and daughters of God that are fully developed to bring a blessing over the land. When the righteous, the sons of God are in position, there is rejoicing, there is blessing, there is harmony, there is favor. When there is wickedness in the land, there is a curse upon the ground. God is wanting to manifest sons and daughters of God. Romans 8.21 says, The creation itself, which has a self, the, the earth has a self, the water has a being, the sun, that's why it looks like the, the storms are angry. They're angry. That's why it looks like the animals are raging. They're raging. That's why it looks like the earth is shaking. It's shaking. The tornadoes look violent. They are. The hurricanes look violent. They are. It has a being. Creation has a self. Creation itself shall be set free, made whole, born free, reborn. It will be reborn from the bondage, which is slavery, that comes from corrupted leadership. Corrupted people, places, regions, under leadership that does not have the nature of God. Here is what we're going to look at. Here's what Genesis 3 verse 17 says. The scripture says that when Adam fell, he partook of the wrong knowledge. And now he knew he was naked. He became aware of his nakedness and not who he was in God. We'll go back to verse 8. We'll read this very quickly, and then we're going to pray. Verse number 8 says, and he hurt. Actually, go to verse 7. The Bible says, and the eyes of them, or 6. And when they saw, when the woman saw that it was good, pleasant to the eyes, a tree desired to make one wise. So what kind of tree was this? It was a tree of information. In the garden, the Bible says, these trees were trees of revelation. 
because when they ate them, they got more wisdom. Remember, they were not earthly flesh. They were heavenly flesh. So this heavenly flesh did not die. They were not cursed flesh. They were blessed flesh. So it regenerated daily. Every time they encountered God, they got more life. And the Bible says the woman saw that the tree was good for food, a tree pleasant for vision. It was, it says these trees are pleasant for vision. They give you vision. It a tree desired to give you wisdom. And the fruit thereof she ate and, and gave to her husband and they ate. Verse 7, immediately their natural eyes were open and their spiritual eyes became closed. Their natural hearing was open and their spiritual ears became deaf. Their natural flesh was uncovered and their spirit was lifted. Now they're in a fleshly state. They knew they were naked. What's the first thing that happens? When we eat of the wrong tree, we move into fear, into shame, into worry, into insecurity. We're no longer in boldness, no longer in confidence. Nakedness is a state of shame. You're, you're not ashamed. And they sewed fig leaves together and tried to cover their nakedness. They became shame uh, orientated instead of boldness. Remember, the only people that can be uncovered in the earth and not have fear or shame are babies. Little babies, if, they, if their diaper falls off or they run out with no clothes on, it's cute because they don't know any better. But if a grown man or a grown woman goes out with only clothes on, they're mentally disabled because they have the wrong knowledge. Something's wrong in their mind because the only people, and why is that so? Because babies have innocence. What has man lost? Innocence. The eyes of them were both open. They knew they were naked. They sewed fig leaves together. Verse number eight. And now they're in shame. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they ran from the presence. They didn't run to the presence. Be careful when we're running from the presence. Not just at church, at home. Be careful when we're no longer pursuing the presence. Our passion is waning. They heard the voice of the Lord. They heard him walking in the Ruach of the day. They heard the presence of God proceeding and they hid from the presence among the trees. This is why Jesus struck the tree. He got in between what was between him and us. He hung on a tree because he didn't want any division. God, Jesus died on the cross to get rid of the distance between you and I and him, between us and him. He died to remove that distance. Verse 9, the Bible says, And the Lord called to Adam, Adam and said, Where are, what is his name? Adam, Adame, Adam, Adam, man, earth man, spirit man. He called to Adam and said, Adam, where are you? Who is God's authority? Adam. Who is God's ruler? Adam. Who is God's king? Adam. Who is God's head of the country? Adam. Who is God's ruler in the earth? Adam. He said, Adam, where are you? You're no longer in authority. You're no longer seeing the way I saw you. You've now went from here to here. You've now went from exalted to underneath this thing. And the Bible says God called to Adam. And let me tell you, God is still calling to Adam. He's calling our name night and day, day and night. And we're afraid to go. We don't know how to approach. We don't know how to pray. We don't know how to get to the presence. We're yearning for it. There are some of you and I that are yearning. We're yearning for the presence. And we say, how do we get there? Verse number 10, the Bible says, and he said, I heard your voice and I was afraid. You hear me there. I heard your voice and it made me run. The voice didn't give me confidence. Now, had God's presence shifted? No. Had the glory lifted off of God? No. 
They ate of the wrong tree. The wrong tree changes your perspective. It changes your heart. It changes your covenant. It ch- the wrong tree. They heard the voice. I was afraid because I was naked. Then I hid myself and I started running and I started hiding. Verse number 11. And God said, who told you you were naked? Who gave you this information? I want to tell you, God says you are no longer naked in Christ. You are covered by the blood. All of the fears and all of the worries and all of the doubts and all of the anxiety, God says you're covered by the blood. Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree? And and then he says, the woman that you gave me, she gave to me and I eat. And so now he doesn't take responsibility. He points the finger. This is how we will never see change until we point the finger at ourselves. And we say, well, this is why I'm not as close to God as I used to be because of the Lord because of my church, because of my husband or wife, because of my kids, because of the economy, because of the world. And this is all the reasons why. No, no, no. The reason is I need to hear something. I need to be healed. I need to be delivered. Lord, it's me standing in the need of prayer. I'm not going to point at my wife. I'm not going to point at my kids. I'm going to take the responsibility. Say, Lord, make me well. Make me whole. The man said, the woman you gave to me, pointed to the woman. And verse number 11, the Bible says, the Lord goes to the woman. He said, look, you know what? Go back to verse, uh, excuse me, 13. And the Lord said unto the woman, what is this that you've done? And the woman said, the serpent beguiled me. And I, so now the woman doesn't say, well, I disobeyed. I turned. I, I wasn't close to my husband. Something happened. There was a breach. No, no. Now he points, she points to the serpent. Verse number 14, the Lord said to the serpent, because you've done this, thou art cursed above all cattle. And above every beast of the field and upon your belly, you will go and dust. You will eat all the days of your life. Are you hearing me? God now curses the serpent above all other animals. Now, this is naturally, this is a type and shadow. That's why I don't like snakes. You can like them. I'm not a a snake person. I don't like them. I I don't have any affinity for them. But let me encourage you. uh, This is a spiritual. This is a spirit place. It's not just an earthly. In order for the devil to speak to the woman, he borrowed the body of a serpent. Lucifer used the body of a serpent. And because the enemy was able to borrow the body, the, 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 the serpent, and they found uh, places where uh, serpents used to walk upright. They had, they had hinds feet. They could walk upright. And now they were cursed above every beast of the field. The nature of the beast, the antichrist spirit. And upon the belly you will go. This is where the enemy wants us, living by our bellies. I'm I'm pointing at my belly. The enemy wants me living by my appetite, my my feeling. He wants me to live by my emotion, live by my my passion. The The enemy lives when we live by our passions and our bellies and not our spirit. He said, in the last days, there will be those whose God is their belly. He said, you're going to crawl on your belly and you're going to live on your belly. Verse Number 14, he said, you will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. So what does the devil eat dust? What does the devil eat? He consumes dust. Verse 15, the scripture says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed, and it will bruise your head and you will crush his hair. This is a prophecy about Jesus, but this is also a prophecy about Jesus and the descendants of Christ. And this is a prophecy about the seed of the serpent and his descendants. So in the earth, there are seeds of Christ. Amen. But there are also descendants of the serpent. 
And these descendants are not human figures. They have the form of humans, but they're not. And they are after another spirit. They are called descendants of the seed of the serpent. And we're not to pray for these individuals. We're not to, uh, we're not to intercede for them. We're, it, have you ever wondered how God can ask Joshua? And I prayed about this. I said, how can you ask Joshua to kill? I understand killing the Amalekites, the warriors. I mean, okay, take the men out. But he said, kill the women, kill the children, kill the babies. I said, look, that's, that's, that's not God. He said, son, these are the Nephilim spirit. These were not human beings. That race needed to be eradicated. They say, wow, that's weird. No, no, that, that, that's not black, brown, yellow. That race of mixture, that, that spirit of the seed of the serpent, eradicate the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, all the other ites. Take them off the, cut them off from the face of, face of the earth. And that is a mixture of the seed of the serpent. And that's who we're at war with. Not people, but the spirit. Are you listening to me? Verse 16 tells us, and unto the woman, he said, I will greatly multiply your sorrow in conception and sorrow. You will bring forth children and thy desire shall be to thy husband and he will rule. So now there's a multiplication in reproduction. This is not only for women. This is a challenge. We are the bride of Christ. And why is it hard to birth children? Why does man nearly die in childbirth until uh, until productions and advancements in medical technology, the death rate was very high uh, when giving birth. Now, because of medical advancements, we praise God for this. Uh, the death rate is very low. I think it's one in the last I checked, one in 5,000 or even more than that uh, die in childbirth. So it's very rare that you die. But this wasn't the case 100 years ago, 200 years ago. Childbirth, uh, death was, it happened to one of the patriarchs where uh, Israel or Jacob, his, his favorite wife, Leah, was dying, giving birth and named the child Benoni, which meant son of sorrow. And he had to rename the child Benjamin. And this is what's necessary in this last day that fathers rename. But why is it difficult? Why? I was watching National Geographic and I saw uh, the birthing of deers and the birthing of cattle and the birthing of, uh, of, of animals. And they lay down the horse. They push the, the, the child, the baby out or, or the little horse out. They get up and they start walking. Then the horse starts walking. All of creation, it's like uh, they have birth. They're down a few seconds. They're on their feet. They're running the next few. How come men and women are nearly dying? Mankind nearly dies during birth. He said, because there's a law, because of the curse of rebellion, it will be almost impossible to rebirth without anguish. So rebirthing your children, bringing them into the kingdom. Why is the most difficult thing you'll do in your life is to win your children to the Lord, to win your family to the Lord. Why is it difficult in ministry? Listen to me, pastors. Why is it almost impossible for spiritual sons and daughters to carry your mantle? Because the challenge is in birthing. The challenge is in birthing. What was the issue? The he said, in great sorrow, you will, uh, in sorrow, thy conception, you will bring forth. So there will be a sorrow in conceiving and birthing. This is a law. And in order for this thing to change, how does the Bible, what is the, the clue there? What is the answer there? That desire shall be to thy husband. Who's our husband? Christ. And he will what rule over you. The rulership of Christ reverses these curses. 
the difficulty in birthing sons and daughters. I've talked to apostles and pastors and leaders, even spiritually in churches. Why is there a battle in sonship? Because the enemy said there's a curse and you're not going to reproduce easy. It's going to be a battle between life and death. I'm trying to eradicate the seed so it doesn't pass. But I declare that curse is broken by the power of the blood. But here's what we're getting to. Verse 17, all of this, he said to, what, who there? Adam. Somebody write in the comment section, Adam, A-D-A-M, Adam. He said to Adam, he said to Adam, because you heard the wrong voice. His wife was a woman of God. She gave her ear to the wrong voice. He heard the wrong voice. Be careful the voices. I, I don't know how to best put this. I, I don't know how to best put this. We as apostles, pastors, are not trying to be controlling. But there are people that you're amening and putting videos up and stuff that they, they're not the right voice. God doesn't assign you many voices. He assigns you one voice, his voice, and the voice of your leader. This is the problem today. You, it's nothing wrong with hearing a message. There's nothing wrong with hearing a preacher. But if your covering is not the voice for your life, either one, they're not your covering, or you're out of order. That's the only option. Your covering should be the primary voice that when you go live, they're all on. When you go live, they're listening to you. They're attentive. Why? Because you're not given to many voices. They can say good things. That's controlling. No, there's nothing wrong with hearing other messages. But who is the voice that God gave to speak over you? Who is the one voice? Well, I heard this and it contradicted. And now we begin to undermine the authority. There was one one voice. When you got a rabbi, you had one rabbi. You didn't have one rabbi, another rabbi, another rabbi, another rabbi, another rabbi. One voice. They heard the wrong voice, and that voice led to deception. That voice, that voice, the scripture says, that Adam heard the wrong voice, hearkened to the voice of the wife, and ate of the wrong tree. And now, the scripture says, Adam, because Adam ate of the wrong, vo ate of the wrong tree and heard the wrong voice, Here's what the scripture says. Because you've hearkened to the wrong voice and you've ate of the wrong tree that I command you saying you will not eat. Cursed is the ground. I need you to look that underline the word ground. Adam, Adam had the ground curse. It doesn't say the earth was cursed. I've, I've got to retract some of my statement. I studied this this morning and the Lord, uh, I studied this this morning, last week, a week, and God began to speak this. The word ground is the word Adama. Adam is the word, a man, Adama is ground that belongs to man. So it's actually the word territory and country. So the region that was assigned to Adam came under a curse, not the whole earth. And that region was the garden. God put him in the garden to have dominion and ultimately he would give him dominion. So there was a territory that fell under a curse. Adam's place was Adama. The, the ground, the land, the piece of ground, the lot that was, that, was, that was ordained for you. Let me say this to you. You have land. You have territory. You have region. Jabez prayed, Lord, increase my territory. In, don't just increase because Adam is ground. I'm ground. But my ground represents earthly ground. My ground represents cities and nations and regions and territories and lands. You are ground. You are Adam. I'm, I'm going to say this to you again. You are Adam. Joshua 1 verse 3. Put it up there. Jo God told Joshua, every place 
the sole of your foot shall tread. The word tread is the Hebrew word darak. It means to march. It means to lead. It means to take authority. So not every place you go, every place that you've been assigned, every place that you've been ordained to move in authority, I have already given it to you. As I said to Moses, that I have already given to you. I'm not going to give it to you. I've already given it to you. Go back over to, to, to Romans chapter 8. Here's what the scripture says. The land is groaning. Romans chapter 8, verse 22. For we know that the whole of creation groans. So the creation is growing, right? United States, it's in trouble. Don't, don't, don't look away. The, the United States is in trouble. Paris is in trouble. Turkey's in trouble. Ukraine is in trouble. China, the spirit behind China's out to conquer the world. A one world government without the Bible, without God. A, a, a government where church is illegal. No, no. Yes, ma'am. Hey, you can't say the name Jesus. You can't have a Bible in China. You have church. That's the spirit of the Antichrist. And that world wants to bring the world. That spirit wants to bring debt to the whole world. And so therefore, China is making this and making that. You look at 90% of your house, 80% made in China. And now most of the world debt is held by China. You listening to me? And the Bible says those that are debtors are slaves to the lenders. And that is a spirit. So what do we do? What's the answer? What's the, and all of the world is groaning. Economies are groaning. We're praying. Yesterday or the day before, they had a shooting at a Christian school. Three children were shot. Three uh, staff members were shot. Confusion, corruption in school, corruption in, in government, corruption in, 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 in economy, corruption in business, corruption in arts. It's all shaking. What's the answer? The Bible says everything created is groaning. But look at verse 23. Not only they, but ourselves, which also are the first fruits of the spirit grown within ourselves. So you, you want to know what you're feeling? I'm talking to a certain man, a certain woman of God. You're not feeling a peace. You're not feeling settled. You're not feeling like you can just, you're feeling like a, a restlessness. You're feeling something inside that's uncomfortable. It's not because God's angry at you. He doesn't love you. It's because you represent a territory. When Adam fell, the land that Adam had authority over began to groan. You're groaning over cities. You're groaning over territories. You're groaning over lands and regions and people you've never even met, but you feel them. Uh, the, the creation itself is groaning. But then the Bible says, verse 23, we are groaning within ourselves. So what's happening out there is, a, is tied to what's happening in here. I'm going to say that what's happening out there is tied to what's happening inside of you. What's happening in you? What's going on inside of you? Faith isn't ignoring what you're feeling. Faith is dealing and causing the, the power of God to move in the spirit of truth so that we can be a light in the world. Go back to verse number 17 of Genesis 3. He said, because you've done this, I've cursed, I've closed, I've stricken the ground. Verse 17 says, Genesis 3, 17 says, because you've heard the wrong voice and took the wrong knowledge, I've cursed the Adambe. I've cursed what you're over. Remember, when the wicked are in authority, there's a curse. When the righteous are in authority, there's rejoicing in the land. 
in sorrow you will eat all the days of your life. So now, because of the wrong knowledge, he's going to eat in sorrow all the days of his life. And there's no ability to be regenerated except in Christ. Verse 18, here is what the scripture tells us. Thorns and thistles it will bring forth, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. What is he eating? The herbs of the field. Now he's eating herbs. He's eating a different kind of diet. He's living by the sweat of his brow. Anxiety, stress, fear, worry. You know you're not meant to live that way. Fear is trying to destroy us. Stress is trying to kill you, trying to take you out early. You're not meant to live in that fear, in that anxiety. Thorns and thistles it will bring forth, and you will eat the herb of the field. Verse number 19, in the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. In the sweat of your face, you will eat bread. The scripture says, and until you return to the ground, Adame, remember? Adame, what was cursed the ground? So when God comes, the Bible says the land will be as the garden of Eden again. Joel chapter two, the ground will go into a blessing. See, Jesus died and put thorns on his head to symbolize the breaking of the curse, that the ground would obey us the way it obeyed Jesus. So when Jesus spoke to the ground, it obeyed. The ground wants to obey. The earth wants to obey. The sun wants to obey. Resource wants to obey. Bread wants to fall from heaven. Water wants to come out of rocks. God wants to send oil that reproduces. God wants to create. God wants to heal. God wants to deliver. Everything created is looking for a representative that looks like him, not like me. That looks like him. And if I look like him, then you can look like me. But if I don't look like him, you can't look like. And this is the representative that God says, I want you to be imitators of me as we're, as we're imitators of Christ. This is our, our calling and our purpose and what we're meant to walk out. We're going to pray now. In the sweat of your face, you will eat bread till you return to the Adame. This is now here. How do you go forward? You got to return to death. Something has to die. Something's got to be loosed. Isaiah 1 verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up. Until something dies, this vision came. This vision came. It says, And the vision of Isaiah came concerning Uzzah. And the Bible tells us that, that something had to die in order for something to live. And when we allow something to die, and when we allow something to, to go, something comes. When we allow something to be removed, something manifests. It, when we allow the purpose of God to go forth, I declare that by the Spirit, you move forward, you advance. I want to pray with you. Go back to verse number 18. The scripture says, Genesis chapter 3, verse 18, 19, 20, says that Adam had to return to the ground. Adam had to, re Adam had to, Adam had to return to the ground. And when Adam returned to the ground, the scripture says that when Adam returned to the ground, the, the sweat would cease. The labor and the toil would cease. See, until we return to the ground, we'll live by the sweat of our brow. For dust you are and dust 
you shall return. The word dust is dry earth, not watered earth. God needs us to be, God needs us to be watered. God needs us, God needs us to be, to be bearing fruit. God needs us to be seeing things in a different way. God needs us to be understanding the, the heart and mind of God. God needs us to know the ways of truth. God needs us to hear what thus says the Lord so that we can hear from him and walk in power and walk in authority. It's actually Isaiah 6 verse 1 says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. Let me help you. We're going to pray. I'm done. I'm going to pray. In the year that King Uzziah died, I also saw the Lord sitting upon the throne. Not until something dies that we can see the Lord. When I die, and I die daily, this is the calling of Paul the Apostle writing to the New Testament church. I've learned to die daily. That's not easy. To sacrifice yourself, to lay yourself back on that altar. That altar. The word Yahweh is Jehovah is strength. So even strength has to go. Every place you're strong, there's no place for God to manifest. Nothing wrong with God releasing strength. But God needs you and I to lay ourselves down. When we die, when we yield, when we go back to the ground, we will see the Lord sitting on a throne high and lifted up and the glory will fill the temple. Back to verse number 19. The scripture says, go back to uh, Genesis chapter. It says that, that, that when he died and, and from the sweat of his brow, he returned and the Bible says now he returns to the ground. The only way you can redeem your territory is return to sacrifice, return to laying yourself up, return to yielding yourself after the image and likeness of God. I'm going to ask you to, if you would, we're going to conclude in Romans 8, 21. Here's what the scripture says. The creature itself will be delivered from bondage and corruption into what glorious freedom of the children of God. Glorious freedom of the children of God. You're made for freedom. I'm going to pray with you. You're not made for bondage. You're not made for torment. You're not made to be overwhelmed. You're not made to live in weakness. You're not made to live on the run from enemies. You're made to walk in glory. It is the word doxa. It means worship that produces right order. Doxa, glorious, doxology, worship, doxology that produces order, orthodox. God's order, not mine, not yours, God's. When you can find that order, that glory will produce freedom, freeborn. Men and women born free internally, mentally, spiritually, and the earth has changed. I need to pray for you. If you're listening under the sound of my voice, I'm going to pray for you. That no matter what you're going through, that no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what the enemy is trying to bring to confuse and to restrict and to hold you back. I pray in the name of Jesus, you are a son and daughter of God and you were made for glorious freedom. Let me remind you, you and I have an assignment and we cannot go, we cannot leave the earth till we fulfill our assignment. And number one, it's to, it's to God's will, number one, then it's to a place and then it's to a people. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, he said, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Number one, to know God. Jeremiah 1 verse 5, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Number one, the first assignment is to know God. 
and that God knows you. You've already known God. Number two, you've been set apart and ordained as a prophet to nations. That means you have an office and that means you have a territory that is waiting for you. We cannot leave the earth until we uncover and move in these things. This is a part of the assignment. So, Lord, I pray over each man and woman under the sound of my voice that no matter what we are facing and what we are dealing with, you are the answer. You are the miracle worker. You are the healer and you are the deliverer. I ask you, God, to remove every cloud and every opposition and every weariness off of my brothers and my sisters. And I declare wellness in their heart and wholeness in their mind. And they are the sons and daughters of God. They are answers. They are solutions. You said greater is he that is in them than he that is in the world. You said they can do all things through Christ which strengthens them. You said we are more than conquerors. You said no weapon formed against us would prosper. You said we could say the mountains be removed and it would obey us. You said if you ask anything, it will be done that the Father would be glorified in the sons. You said greater works than these will we do because we believe that you would get glory. You said, Lord, nothing is impossible for them that believe. You said say to the mountain be removed and it will obey them if they just believe. God, grow us, God. Multiply us. The issues are not the issues. The needs are not the issues. The problems are not the issue. God, make us well. Finish the good work you started in us that we would represent you to our generation. Here is what it said of David that after David served his generation well. God, I ask you, let that be said of us that we serve our generation well. That when everything's complete and everything's done, let it be said, we served our generation well. We did what we needed to do. We completed our assignment. We performed what you called us to walk out by becoming and then producing. Make us who we need to be so that we can fulfill our assignment and our destiny that you would get glory. Now I pray over the heart of my brothers now. I pray over the minds of my sisters that they are well, that they are refreshed, that they will not die in this wilderness. They will not remain in obscurity. That confusion is not their portion for you are not the author of confusion. But God let deep call to deep, let iron sharpen iron and let the glory of the Lord be seen in their life. I seal this now in Jesus' mighty name. If you agree, somebody say amen and amen. So I'm praying for you. I'm going to ask you to continue to pray for me and the work that we are looking to build for the kingdom of God. All of you have something mightily that you're called to do. All of you. And the Bible says again that David served his generation well. I'm going to repeat that David, the scripture says, served his generation well. I want to be a man or woman that serves my generation well, that I fulfill what I'm called to do. And that when I see him, when I, when I fulfill all that's been done, Acts 13, 36 says they, that David had fulfilled the purpose of God in his generation. For David, after he served his own generation by the will of God, then he fell asleep and laid unto his fathers and saw corruption. Are you hearing me? The Bible says that David was able to serve his generation well, and then he could rest. I'm encouraging you, you will serve your generation well. You will complete your assignment. You will not die in the wilderness. It's only a season. Trust the Lord. Good things are on the, on the way for you and your family. I'm praying for you. I'm going to ask you again to continue to pray for us. We believe that great and mighty things are on the way to us and on into this generation. I'm going to encourage you one more time to share and like the broadcast. 
uh, if you can. God bless you. So good to see all of our family on ministers, pastors. Welcome to the broadcast. I'm going to ask you to share the broadcast. I pray that this broadcast was a blessing to you, a blessing to your family. For more information, go to thisrockinternational.org. Again, thisrockinternational.org. There you can connect and find out more information about the ministry. Please share the broadcast via YouTube. Share it via Facebook. Share it via CPN Charisma Podcast Network. We love you. We're praying for you. And we can't wait to see you next week. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Freedom Global Prophetic Podcast with Apostle Nathaniel Leon. Stay up to date with our latest episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, or by liking us on Facebook at This Rock International. Thank you for listening and have a blessed day.